welcome to the Ask Pastor podcast. I'm John Dalrymple. This podcast is a place where the pastors of Cornerstone Baptist Church answer questions related to church ministry and the Christian life from a biblical and pastoral perspective. If you have a question that you'd like one of the pastors at Cornerstone to answer, please send an email to askpastor at cornerstonebaptist.info. In addition, we'd love to hear how many people listen to this podcast, so if you'd be kind enough to send us an email, even if you don't have a question, we would really appreciate your feedback. Well, welcome back to another podcast, and it was good to hear John do that introduction again. I'm here with Chris this afternoon. Chris had the opportunity to travel out with John to California, and Chris, why don't you just give us a little update on how that trip went. You got to see firsthand uh, John's house and the church there. Let us know um, how that traveling went. Yeah, it was. Uh, everything went really well. Cross-country road trips are fun, so it was an adventure. It was the first time I had done anything like that, and uh, it was a real joy uh, to make some memories with, with John and with Mark, his brother, and uh, to be able to have a lot of fellowship in the cars with them, or in the van and the truck. Now, you traveled um, from Atlanta to Dallas in one stretch, right? Atlanta to Dallas. How long was that? That was... Well, it depended on which vehicle uh, you were uh, driving. Okay. Right. The van would always get to the destinations quicker because the truck was pulling the car and it couldn't go over a certain uh, speed. So mm-hmm. I got to Dallas last because I was driving the truck. So my day was about 14 hours that day. Wow. Uh, and about the same the next day. We made it to Tucson the next day. And stayed in a hotel in Tucson and then got the rest of the way to California the next day. By mid-afternoon, we were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a great experience on the way out. And then once we got out there, God has really blessed them in numerous ways. A beautiful brand new neighborhood where the house that they are renting is located. It's a great house. It's perfect for them. Uh, four bedrooms, one of which they're going to use as an office and a uh, guest room. Um, he said something about people from Cornerstone needing to uh, get their reservations in quickly to make sure that uh, <clears throat> they can fit everybody in when people want to come out and visit and uh, they've got a room ready for us. So great home. You can see mountain ranges on either side of their house just in clear view. Great backyard for the boys. Uh, great entertaining space. A lot of their furnishings uh, are provided for them already. We were able to meet quite a few of the church uh, members out there when they came to help us unload the truck. Uh, Remind me, how many members are part of the church? Do you I know? think it's about 130 okay. people, uh, something like that, uh, between 100 and, and 150 is their current size. I got to see Tim Lovegrove uh, and his wife, uh, Crystal, and she's actually George and Darlene Matsko's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, so there's another connection there here to Cornerstone. <laughs> I got to see them. Uh, the Trues, uh, Eric True, is the one of the lay pastors uh, there at the church. Drove around a little bit in their new town to see it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful community. Uh, everything is real centrally located. We drove by the facility that is actually part of a college that they use as their church, and uh, got to do some some shopping for the house at Lowe's and some other things. And so we, uh, when when I flew back on Thursday. They already had a lot of things set up in the house, and uh, sounds like they've had a great first weekend yeah, at the church, yeah. and everything's going great. So 
it was a huge blessing to to be a part of it and just to see them and their excitement uh, and uh, to see any concerns kind of fall away when they see how good God has been in paving mm-hmm. the way for them. It was great. It was good. great. Well, it's, it's neat to think of um, them starting their new ministry there. And obviously there was such a blessing here at Cornerstone in numerous ways. And them taking their gifts and using them in California is is pretty exciting. A while ago, we heard Pastor's story, his upbringing, his salvation testimony, and then his call to ministry. And I know I greatly enjoyed listening to that. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to have Chris tell us about his life and um, his upbringing, his salvation testimony, his call to ministry, and how God led him here to Cornerstones. Well, I grew up uh, at the Wilds, uh, which um, is probably pretty unique. Um, I didn't know it at the time. (laughs) I didn't know that it was really special or or that different in any way. Um, But uh, I was born up there in in Brevard, North Carolina, uh, and uh, grew up there at camp. My parents were on staff there. Uh, They were, my dad was the music director, my mom was the pianist, and uh, they did a a few other uh, odd jobs and so forth. My parents were there for I think a total of 34 or 35 years um, at camp, and I was a big part of that. So uh, it was a really tight-knit community up there because the staff was pretty large by the time I was born uh, in the history of the camp. And so I had a lot of very close friends. Uh, there was there was a neighborhood there uh, uh, on the campsite where all of our housing was, and so... It was just a really close-knit family. It was very similar in a lot of ways to a church family. Uh, and um, there, was a, there was a local church affiliation uh, that the vast majority of us were members of. It was a church in Brevard about a half an hour away. And so we were pretty heavily involved there as well. Our, primarily, our primary responsibilities were at camp as a family. I remember though thinking even at an early age when my parents would have to stay back uh, at camp on a Sunday morning to uh, do the music uh, for the services for the weekend retreats. A lot of times those retreats would go through Sunday morning and there would be a worship service at camp for the campers that were there. Couples retreat, family, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I remember thinking even at that early age uh, wow, I wish I was at church. And I had a lot of selfish reasons for that because a lot of my friends were there. Um, but I, I remember in an early age that being something that I was looking forward to someday, uh, to being a more integral part of a church family. Uh, again, not always for all the right reasons or understanding why I was craving that. But um, And that's not a complaint, though, because I was able to hear growing up at camp uh, Wonderful preaching, great teaching. Got to meet a lot of people that I would not have met otherwise. Another one of my parents' responsibilities was representing the camp by doing some traveling. Mm -hmm. And so when I grew up, we did a lot of really quick weekend trips to them, to churches all over the East Coast and Midwest. Now, being Uh, being the music director at the camp... um, which your father was. Yeah. Did you guys sing sing as a family when you'd go to these different churches? <laughs> yeah, we did. I, I I was kind of the black sheep of the family in that a little bit. Uh, in that, I mean, I enjoyed music. I appreciated music. 
Um, but I wasn't quite as musically gifted as my brother was. Um, he played multiple, well, he still is, uh, plays multiple instruments, uh, has a very, very good voice. And uh, I just kind of was along for the ride on that and provided some filler, I think. Um, but uh, we did. We did a lot of that together. Uh, I think if you grow up in a blacksmith family, you're going to learn a little yep. bit about that. you right. know. And so right. growing up in a musician's family, I learned... A little bit about it, grew to appreciate it, um, took piano lessons and guitar lessons, things like that, enjoyed that, although I never really took off musically. Um, but just ministering in that way through camp and then watching my parents interact with people uh, through the Wilds music ministry uh, was another very powerful spiritual tool that God used in my life. Mm. Um, all the way up through graduation from high school, really. Um, <laughs> growing up, I didn't uh, really watch TV that much or anything like that. It was a very atypical suburban upbringing. You right. Know? So when we think of camp, we think of, you know, the wilds right now. Maybe they didn't have these things back then. But you yeah. think of the zip line. You think of the water slide. Yep. All those activities. I mean, as a child... Is that during the summertime, were you able to do those things, those types of things, like whenever you wanted? Or how did that work? Yeah, I think some of us were probably, maybe we came across as a little entitled <laughs> sometimes <laughs> because we could we could really do that stuff whenever we want. In fact, I remember not enjoying going to camp as a camper. We, we would be able to do it once a week every summer. And of course, my parents would have me do it because it was healthy for me in many ways to do that. But I would always... I would never be excited about that because I could do any of that fun stuff whenever I wanted. Um, and now I had to go and meet new people, which I actually wasn't really good at. Yeah, uh, and yeah. be in a cabin with a bunch of kids from, you know, uh, from Knoxville or something, you know, and, and not know them at all. Right. Uh, and have to get to meet a bunch of new people. And it was, it was all the things I didn't want to do wrapped into uh, some stuff I could do anyway whenever I wanted. And of course, it was the best thing for me uh, to learn to deny myself in that way. But yeah, I grew up playing in the woods a lot and hiking and camping out. And uh, we, we would come up with adventures in the woods and build pretty epic forts and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was a very different upbringing like that. It was kind of like going back maybe... 50, 100 years or so yeah. Uh, yeah. in that sense. And, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, and it was a very active childhood with a lot of neat friends and a lot of really good memories. That's neat. That's neat. Well, why don't you tell us about how God used your parents, camp. What were the things that, that he used to bring you to a knowledge of Christ, of your need of salvation? Yeah, so like I said earlier, uh, when you are growing up at camp, you at least have the opportunity, if you want it, if your family wants it, to to expose yourself to um, a lot of Bible. Mm -hmm. um, and we get we get a similar experience here at church. Uh, if if you know coming Sunday morning, some of us Sunday night, Wednesday night, we get the opportunity in a lot of different avenues for Bible intake. And I might have even had a little bit more mm -hmm. because there were preaching opportunities almost every night of the week during camping seasons. And my parents would take me to those frequently because they had responsibilities. 
So from a really young age, just because my parents, my family, all of my friends, every single person that lived around me was totally engrossed in, in ministry, in vocational ministry at a camp and serving people and loving people from a really early age, I was really sensitive to, um, to all of that. And long story short, at the age of five, I remember it being uh, a, a late Sunday night. I think it was after church in town. Um, I don't recall what the emphasis was at church that day, whether it was a Sunday school lesson or uh, my pastor's preaching or a song or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, uh, But I remember it really clicking in my mind the truth of the gospel and my need for a savior and my uh, my lostness because of my sin and uh, and I had heard it for years you know what what I need to do about that you know I, I, I was very clear in my mind and uh, for some reason that night it was particularly um, I was particularly attuned to it and uh, I didn't sleep well this was when I was five didn't sleep well, uh, went in early uh, that Monday morning to my parents' room and told them that, that I needed to trust Christ. Uh, and uh, so my dad took me uh, back to my room. We talked through it. Um, he did not pressure me at all. He wanted to make sure that I understood uh, the step that I was taking. And, uh, and early that morning, I prayed and uh, trusted Christ. Uh, to save me from my sins. I, I turned from my sins. I asked for uh, what he did on the cross to take that and cover my sin uh, with that uh, because I knew, I, I, I knew that was a need. I remember very clearly after that going and telling mom and, and, and being very, very excited about that because I knew from their conversations and from preaching and things that I've heard that this is the biggest day of my life. Mm -hmm. This is the Mm -hmm. most important decision that I will ever make. And even as a five-year-old, I recognize that. And I remember it so clearly and I'll never forget it. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, Growing from there, I was baptized a couple of years later. Our church uh, in town did not have a baptistry at the time. So we had our baptisms in the lake at the wilds. So um, I was baptized in the lake uh, by my pastor. That was a a special time. And then growing into my junior high years uh, and my teen years, uh, because of some decisions I made, um, uh, more of a casual rebellion, kind of an Mm under-the-surface rebellion that was going on in my heart. And because of the sins um, that were in my heart, disobeying my parents and their instructions and going behind their back on some things and uh, choosing to uh, please myself uh, in the way that I was living. I remember facing, because of that sin in my life and because of um, broken fellowship with God, um, because of that sin, I do remember facing doubts, uh, which I think is probably the most common reason for doubts. Uh, is is the presence of ongoing and unconfessed sin, and that was the case for me uh, in in my high school years, uh, and the Lord used actually a couple of mission trips to get my attention 
Uh, both of them were to uh, the same missionary family in Africa. Uh, they were in Kenya, and there was a mission trip in the middle of my junior year, and then a mission trip all summer uh, my, between my senior year of high school and going to college. Uh, and the Lord used that missionary family, those experiences, uh, to, to get me to realize that I was living for myself, also to strengthen uh, his call for vocational ministry in my life at the same time. Uh, I think that I can't really nail down exactly what it was about that experience that the Lord used, and it was probably just a, it was multiple things, multiple aspects of it, being gone from home for a long time, realizing the relationship that I could have with my parents that I didn't have because of my sin. Um, some strong rebukes and challenges by the the uh, the man that I went to visit, um, and uh, him kind of being able to see right through me <laughs> a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Lord giving him wisdom there, uh, and so through those experiences, primarily as well as through the continued testimony and love, and gentle but firm leadership of mom and dad, uh, the Lord brought me brought me back um, and uh, spared me from worse decisions that could have come later uh, in, as I went into my college year. So my teen years in, a, in some ways were a bit of a waste, and uh, I, I regret that, but I'm thankful for the lessons that I mm-hmm. learned through that. Mm-hmm. So throughout your high school years, was there a desire for vocational ministry even, even behind the rebellion that was, that was going on? Actually, yeah, that's funny. We, I, I remember distinctly um, knowing, and I, it was a, at a distinct time when I knew that I wanted to be uh, in vocational ministry. And this was probably somewhere late elementary school when this happened. And again, a lot of it was just because I was around it so much mm-hmm. and I saw it so much mm-hmm. and I loved it. I really, really did. I I saw people joyfully serving God, and it was attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, boy, isn't there a uh, isn't there a lesson there? Yes, <laughs> for Absolutely. all of us, yeah. with those who are yes. coming behind us, for yes. them to see the joy of uh, of loving uh, God, walking with Him, and serving Him. Uh, but yeah, I I remember um, a particular point. Uh, God actually using a piece of music that is based on. Uh, Isaiah 6, where Isaiah uh, surrenders himself to God's plan for him in using him in particular uh, for the ministry that God called him to, as as, in that case, as a prophet, that the phrase, here am I, send me. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a a very powerful song uh, accompanied by a a preaching time uh, at a church, actually here in Greenville, where the staff came down to do a special service at a church here in town. And I remember at that point saying, that's what I want. Mm. And just uh, making that plain in prayer to God as a late elementary school. Uh, Lord, I want to serve you vocationally in that way. We all serve God. We all are called to full-time Christian service in that sense, no matter what our vocation is. Uh, And I knew that, um, but I knew at that point that God wanted me vocationally uh, to serve him in some sort of ministry context. And even through all of the years 
of rebellion through high school, I never lost that desire. It's kind of a weird thing. Mm -hmm. There was obviously a major disconnect in my mind uh, at that point. And I probably had some selfish reasons for still wanting to do that. Uh, And through high school at the same time, even through that rebellious time, I started, it it became very clear in my mind that I I wanted to pursue youth ministry, Hmm. which again makes sense because that's what I saw so much. Right, right. And I, uh, and uh, of course, the Lord used people to impact me uh, as well when I was that age. So that burden grew quickly. And then when the Lord uh, worked in my heart and I kind of, kind of, he kind of righted the ship a little Mm -hmm. bit spiritually in my life, uh, I went to college and pursued that. So I got a youth ministries degree and went on from there. It's always neat to hear God the beginnings of, of God's work in a person's life when they're young and then his continued work even through times of um, resisting him and resisting what his desires are. And that's neat to hear how God did that in your life. So after you graduated from high school, you went to Bob Jones, got a degree there. Mm-hmm. My um, parents pretty much said that I could go to the Bob Jones of my choice. <laughs> um, that was kind of the deal. Uh, and, you know, I don't regret that yeah. uh, at all. And th- so through that then, um, how did God lead you to um, become a pastor here at Cornerstone? Okay. Uh, finished my undergrad degree uh, and then went to the seminary. We got a graduate degree at the same time. Uh, I would be remiss to not mention um, how Laura plays into this story because Mm -hmm. she's obviously a major player uh, in the story. We actually met uh, at CIT at the Wilds, Camper in Training. It's a two-week leadership program that they have there as part of their summer ministry for uh, juniors and seniors in college or in high school. So we were in the same CIT program, um, made a lot of good friends uh, and then we uh, were kind of in the same clique, I guess you could say, uh, at BJU. A lot of, uh, we shared a lot of the same friends, did a lot of things together, but it was always in a group uh, until I kind of fell for her, um, I guess, late junior year. Okay. Uh, and the summer before, we had actually been, uh, one of the things they do at the Wilds is uh, in the summer, you there's a brother-sister cabin thing okay. where it's the same cabin name. But there's just a uh, a girl's cabin by that name and a guy's cabin okay. by that name, and you share the same cheers and you sit together at meals and and uh, you do a couple of other fun things together during the week if you want. And we actually were put together intentionally. I found out later by some of the full time staff uh, up there at camp uh, as brother sister counselor for a summer. And it was that summer that I kind of fell for a little bit. The summer before our senior year. And uh, we served together on some leadership positions at BJU that year as well. So that just kind of took off from there. Hmm. She wasn't as keen on it um, <laughs> as I was early on, just because she didn't want to, you know, have the potential of losing a friendship. Right. Trying out right. a relationship. Yeah, you know, sense. we all have been there, right? Um, but uh, I won. All right. So well, we're thankful for that. Yes, I am too. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, we, we did some grad work together um, that year, and I, I, I actually completed my grad degree in 2010 in church history. 
And uh, we got married in the summer of 2007. Uh, we were actually planning on just driving. We, we both had jobs here in town at the time, uh, here in Greenville. We were actually working at the Wilds corporate office uh, in Taylor's. And we were thinking of just driving up to my church in Brevard. It's a little less than an hour and joining up there and participating there. Uh, but we figured we should try some Greenville churches first. Um, uh, just do some due diligence there to make sure we were doing the wise thing. Mm -hmm. Long story short, we visited Cornerstone, uh, I think, two weeks after we were married and we haven't left. That's great. <laughs> um, That's great. And uh, a few months later, we joined the youth staff. And of course, this is all just working in town. And we very quickly came to the realization that we were doing exactly what we wanted to do. We um, were okay that we weren't vocationally doing it. Mm -hmm. We were paying the bills uh, Monday through Friday and then doing what we really loved on the weekends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was mm -hmm. ministering here at Cornerstone, uh, especially with, with the teens. Mm -hmm. um, and then... I, when I finished my degree in 2010, started thinking about the next step that God had for us. And I didn't actively pursue anything. We didn't actively pursue anything until that missionary that I had visited in Kenya. Okay. Um, brought his family off the field because God called them to take a church here in the States. It, hmm. was, at, it was out West. And... Um, I've already talked about the impact that he had on right. me. And he called me and said, I would like you to consider coming out and serving alongside me. And I was very excited about that proposition. I wasn't thrilled about leaving Cornerstone because we loved it here. But that's the way it happens for most of these seminary guys that come around. You know, We just sent John and Suzanne away. Right. It was pretty typical, and it was the same back then, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even more so uh, and in terms of people finishing their degrees and, and moving on from the ministry here to where God has them. So uh, I knew it was going to happen eventually. And um, that pastor out west asked for a reference. And I gave him Pastor Reamer's name, uh, among a couple of others. And so apparently he called Pastor Reamer's and uh, Pastor said, um, well, I have a question to ask him first. <laughs> because I didn't know at the time that uh, they were considering me possibly approaching me possibly for um, an assistant pastor position here which I would have never imagined in my mm -hmm. wildest dreams that 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 would happen and so got a call from pastor Reamers just a couple days after talking to this pastor out west uh, and uh, wondering about my interest uh, in serving here instead so now I had a problem mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had the only church or that the only person that would ever convince me to leave my ministry, even a lay ministry at Cornerstone, would be this pastor yeah. because of his impact on my life and how God had used him in my life. And then the only church that would ever keep me from wanting to go minister alongside him would be Cornerstone. Mm -hmm. So it was basically two options at, from, my, from our perspective that were the best. There wasn't one that was better than the other. They were both amazing. And so we learned a lot about how God's will works mm -hmm. concretely through that time uh, where uh, basically how it works is God uh, expects us to follow him and serve him and love him and know him. And if that is true in our lives today, 
then uh, he gives us the desires of our hearts by making his desires ours. Mm-hmm. He implants what he wants in our wanter, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will, if we are walking with him. Uh, and so at that point, you, you do what you want because God has made it clear to you through his working in your life. And you're on the same path. Right. And, uh, but there's another step. Uh, and it is, what if you don't know what to do, even with all of that in uh, in place? And at that point, God directs, and he makes it clear. And that's what he did. And in our case, he did it by closing that door out west um, through several different circumstances, all of which are, are good, and none of which were awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Lord made it clear to that church that they needed to go a different direction Uh, and uh, the Lord opened the door here for us Mm. and that was I guess I started an internship in January 2011 and then the church called me on full-time July 1st 2011 Mm. and so been here ever since continuing to be able to work with the teens which we've done since 2007 and we wouldn't have it any other way and want to keep doing that until I'm no longer relevant for teenagers, I guess. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job so far, well, I think. Well, thankful for Laura on that, too. She'll probably be cool long after I am. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, we, are, we are just so thankful. And every time I think back on that, uh, that experience, I'm amazed at how special this church is, uh, what a blessing pastor is, what a blessing the deacons are uh, and their families. Uh, what and what a blessing God's plan is and how he makes his plan happen mm-hmm. even in spite of our our shortcomings our doubts our uncertainties our insecurities uh, his plan is always perfect and it has been fun to see how how he works it out mm-hmm. uh, in his perfect mm-hmm. way in such a concrete way we talk about it and it's abstract a lot of times when we talk about it but then when you see it in your life right it's special right I love hearing people's stories. God is at work in every circumstance that he puts into our lives, every person he puts into our lives. He is trying to accomplish something, um, and that something is his plan for our lives. And it was really neat, once again, to hear your story of God's work in your life. Once again, if you enjoyed this podcast or have another question for the pastors to answer and discuss, please email askpastor at cornerstonebaptist.info. That's askpastor at cornerstonebaptist.info. 